Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Last time I, uh, no, actually two weeks ago when I you know, asked you to uh, pull on me and pull on the anointing, uh, I used the word draw on me, and I guess my wife was looking for a magic marker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad nobody had one, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for this opportunity to look into your word and see your goodness. We thank you, Father God, that we have eyes to see and ears to hear. Thank you for the anointing. We just worship you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I spent some time in a vehicle today, or this week, driving up to Malta and back, and gives you an opportunity to think. There lies a problem, right? He was thinking again. <laughs> so uh, God started talking to me about this, the field uh, example that I gave. And, and I was like, I thought, you know, we had covered it, but apparently um, either I didn't get it out or there's more to it. So the field, if you remember, was a, is 150 acres of pistachio, where pistachios are going to be planted. And likening that field unto the church, it's an area of belief that are set by bylaws. Uh, denominations have their bylaws. Um, Non-denominational churches like ours, the beliefs are set by the founding uh, people, pastor, the board, whoever sets up the church. So think of the field as an area of activity or influence, like you think of the field of science or the field of mathematics. So um, that field can be set with whatever we would like, however we we set it as, the um, well, in this case, our pastors have set the bylaws. The crop is the people that will be growing in that field, the people that will be attending the church. Um, they will grow under that group, group of beliefs. So what those beliefs are and how they're set will designate um, how people grow and how fast. Uh, the hard pan that I told you about when we started digging the trench to put in the pipeline, we hit hard compacted uh, dirt uh, impervious to water and roots usually can't grow through it and likening that in this example the hard pan is the traditions of men that have been that have been passed down from generations to generations uh, what they are based in truth or are they based in in uh, man's beliefs most of us here I think have come from other denominations, other churches, uh, looking for something more than just attending a church on, on Sunday. We're looking for the move of God. We're looking for that uh, spirit, spiritual awakening that, w that we crave for. Uh, as I was listening to Dad Hagen, he talked about uh, most of the beliefs that the, the churches have in this modern age are either set from Calvinism or from Armenianism. And there's some truth in both of them, 
But we need to stop looking at, you know, and, and I'm German. These, these guys were German philosophers, theologians. And, you know, they had, like I said, they had some, some truth and revelation. But we need to go back to the gospel, to look at the New Testament, uh, the Pauline epistles, you know, the writings of John and Peter, uh, and build our traditions, if you will, based on those rather than on the tradition of men. We need to get back to the New Testament truth. So one thing that we used to do once a year is we would spread gypsum on the field. I don't know if you are familiar with gypsum. Most of you know sheetrock. There is gypsum in, in sheetrock. But gypsum itself is a powder that's spread on the field that allows the dirt to more readily ab- absorb um, moisture. And one of the problems in Arizona is if you don't treat the soil, is the soil gets so hard baked it can't absorb water. Uh, If you drive through Tucson or Phoenix, you'll see large um, spillways, waterways, and they're set up for flash flooding. And they're, they're dry as a bone until it rains. And if we get more than a half inch of rain, three quarters of an inch of rain, the soil can't absorb it anymore and it just starts running off. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians are that way. They're, they don't treat themselves, they don't do anything so that they can't absorb any more than, um, than a small amount and then it starts running off. And so I was thinking about that, well, you know, but what is, what can we liken that to? Um, and I got to thinking about the Northern Plains Believers Rally. Once a year, last year, ha- almost half of this church went. Yeah, we have, we run 120-ish, we're starting to get a little bit higher, but on a, on a Sunday morning, that's kids, women, men, adults, youth, everyone, kind of, and we were 55, 56 at the Northern Believers Rally. So almost half of this church um, is making them, themselves available once a year. And what's the main purpose that the Northern Plains Believers Rally has been to learn to flow in the Holy Spirit, to learn to, to grow in, in that area. So <clears throat> we talked about the reason we need to break up and go below that hard pan, and we had you know some bulldozers come in and, and break that up. Uh, and by the way, I figured this out because I was thinking about it. Um, if I remember right, the trees were planted 19 feet apart in rows, 17 feet apart in the in the row. So there's almost 14, a little bit more than 14,000 trees in that 150 acres. So we're not talking a little patch of land. Um, but a taproot goes deep, and we as Christians should want to go deep. We shouldn't just be satisfied with the the surface things, you know. We, we should want to see the move of God in our generation, and we should want to see and be able to administer that move of God to others around us. So the gypsum is spread by a a large three-wheeled machine. It has very large inflated tires, so it doesn't compact the soil. And that's why we're treating it, right? So it goes through and has these 
whirlers on the back, and it's dusty, it's messy. You just see a big cloud of white dust going through the field back and forth. And the moment they're done, you turn on whatever irrigation form you have, whether it's overhead sprinklers, or in this case it was drip, because you want to get that gypsum wet so it sticks to the ground because a wind coming along would blow it away. And I was thinking about that. Sometimes we hear truth and we don't do anything with it. And later on we go, what was that truth? How do I, you know, we may remember some of it, but some of it may have, have dissipated because we didn't attend to it. So we've shown as a group that we have a, a desire to go deeper. We've shown that we want to, to uh, learn more about God and the spiritual things. So then the next thing God asked me is what the two biggest threats were to the harvest. And wind and rain are, are the two biggest things that threaten the harvest of pistachio trees. When a pistachio tree is getting close to harvest, it has an outer husk, and that husk will split. And it's not the nut that you see in the store, that's the, the shell, but the husk is, is a little softer and it's around the, the whole nut. But it will split open, and if you have a rain come, it will get in there and it will turn the nut dark, uh, black, and it's not wrong to eat it, it's not unhealthy, but it's not cosmetically appealing. Hence, when you go to the coffee, you know, into the stop and go and get coffee and get some snack to hit the road, red pistachios. That's what they are. They've taken those black dye, uh, pistachios and they've dyed them black to cover up the cosmetic markings on them. So, if you like food coloring, uh, <laughs> that's what you're getting when, when you get those. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. They're just, when they grade them and they see that dark spot on the nut, they take it out. And so I was thinking, what, what do we do that make ourselves ugly and give Christianity an ugly, cosmetically unappealing you know, in society? So I got to share this. I really don't want to, but... <laughs> uh, on this trip, I, I took offense. Um, I know, I know the, the crowd gasped. <sighs> Unbelievable. I'm a four-month graduate of the Dale Runholt <laughs> class of offense. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I still haven't gotten my certificate yet. <laughs> uh, I met up with my grandson and, and my daughter and, and granddaughter, and my grandson had to use the restroom. And Rick told us that, pub, that uh, our taxes pay for public buildings, right? So we went into a, a public building there, a government building, let me rephrase that. And they told us because of COVID that they had shut down the public restrooms, and my grandson needed that. I didn't take it very well. I kind of got, I didn't curse or anything, but you know, you can get an attitude and you can use your words to convey anger and hurt or anger and you want to, you know, show displeasure. So as I was 
we had to separate meat. That's why I had got run up there is to bring back some meat. And we're, as we're separating this, God started talking to me and, and said, you know, you didn't handle that very well. And I was like, yeah, I know. He, he said, well, you, there's one, two, one of two things. You can, you know, you can go in and apologize or you can, you know, not. And I was like, well, I'm, I know which one I'm supposed to choose. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so uh, anyhow, got ready to leave. I was getting ready to come back to Billings. And before we left that, that parking lot, that area, I thought, yeah, I need to go in and apologize to that person and, and let them, you know, know that uh, that wasn't the right thing. What I was really thinking in the back of my mind is what if they happen to catch us on the internet and they see me preaching and teaching and, and then they go, oh, that's the guy that came in and kind of, kind of got ups, upset with us, you know, or uh, with me. So as I'm turning the corner to walk it, it, the sidewalk up to the front door, um, I said, God, I really don't want to do this. And he said, I know, but I'll go with you. <laughs> All right. So opened the door, looked for the person, couldn't find them. And way over in the farthest end of the room, a guy says, can I help you? I'm like, great. You know, the, there's one of those half doors, you know, where you, the bottom is closed. The, the, so here I am yelling across the room, I need to apologize to the, the person that was trying to help me, you know, and, and I did. I apologized or told that, that gentleman, uh, please to ap- apologize to the other one because um, they weren't, they weren't uh, there. It was difficult, but it was good. You know, it was the right thing to do. And, you know, uh, it was my fault. Now, maybe that'll help me to learn not to do that again the next time. Um, you know, because the right thing to do is not always the easiest, but it's in the long run, the long run, the best thing to do. So they said they would convey my apologies, and I left and came back to Billings. But what do we do in society that makes Christianity unappealing to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to people around us? Are we conscious that they're watching us and that we are um, displaying Christ to them? And then the second item is wind. Uh, I looked up the word wind just in case you don't know what it is. It's bulk movement of air is what Webster says. And that's a pretty good description i mean how do you how do you so one place that was a an atmospherical change in pressure and blah blah and i was like no that's not a good one so <laughs> we'll, we'll go with bulk movement of air and what can happen is as those tr- as those uh, pistachio nuts start getting ripe they start loosening their grip onto the tree and a strong breeze can sometimes shake them and they fall off before they can be harvested so i got to thinking um how does that relate with Christianity, our, our life, our example of the, the field being the, the church? And what kind of started coming to mind was, what do you believe in that's being threatened? What are you putting your hope in? What are you putting your belief in? Uh, some people was uh, President Donald Trump. Um, and he, w- he did some great things, but some people put uh, an over amount of trust in what he would do if he was reelected, uh, and, and we saw that that didn't work out. Another one is the U.S. Constitution, and I think the Constitution is, is uh, you know, a wonderful 
legislation, a wonderful piece of, of uh, writing, but we've seen other things taken and abused. We've seen other things taken. So the Constitution in itself may be good, but are we putting too much trust in it and believing that um, it's going to right all our wrongs? It's really the people that are administering and interpreting the Constitution that, that will, can be the, the good or the bad in, the, in this situation. So don't look to other things outside of Christ. Don't look to worldly things and put too much trust in them because if you do, you can be shaken and you can uh, lose uh, grip of the, of the tree so if you've never seen a, a pistachio harvest, that, that is exactly what it is, is a shaking. And they have a machine, if you think of an umbrella turned upside down, uh, it comes on both sides of the tree, tree trunk. And then they have a clamp that goes on the bottom of the tree, about a foot to 18 inches above the ground, and violently shakes the tree. And all the nuts at the right time will fall into that umbrella, that canvas, that's, and then it will be taken away by a conveyor belt to a bin where it is then hauled off the field. So the shaking is coming. We know that the harvest time is coming, but don't get your eyes off of Christ and get your eyes on the worldly things and get shaken early and lose that. So what do we do with all this information? I'm like, okay, God, now, you know, maybe I've painted a better picture of the church and maybe it's clear to me and hopefully to you. Um, what do we do with that? And, you know, Dad Hagen used to have a saying, and I hope I don't misquote him, something about, uh, you know, things won't fall into your lap like a, a bowl of ripe cherries. So God can give us things that are ours, but we still have to believe in faith for them. So we need to add our faith to see the Spirit move in this church, in your life, in my life. Um, what part do you have in this move? If you, most of us here are, are involved in the church in one area or another, are you praying for that area? Are you praying for the leader of that area if you're not the leader? Are you praying for our pastor and the, and the board? And, you know, I mean, there are so many things that you can lift up and add your faith to and um, ask God to, to show you areas to pray. But don't just sit back and say the harvest is coming. Um, I like the sign that was up earlier said that the harvest is white in Billings, Montana. And it is, but that doesn't mean it won't bypass us or we won't be involved like we should be if we don't put our faith out and start believing God how can I be used how can I how can I help what can I do to, to make it uh, come about so I encourage you to think about that um, we talked about pistachios take nine years to go to harvest so it, it isn't something that happens quickly. Uh, apple trees, by contrast, are five to seven years to, to a harvest. So it's one of the longer um, turnarounds, but the benefits are, are great. And, you know, the Bible teaches us that God is patient, waiting for the harvest. He wants everyone to come in. And he's not in a hurry, as we think of as in a hurry, but he wants it to be uh, uh, fulfilled and to be uh, brought in fully and not any should be lost. So let's, we talked about in Matthew um, 6, 
33, to seek first and foremost the kingdom of God and all the other things that the Gentiles crave after, all the, you know, material possessions, so to speak, will be added unto us. <clears throat> so make, it that, make that one of your goals. Uh, whether it's once a week, once a day, that's up to you. But lift up, you know, lift up your service in this church. Lift up those that serve with you. Lift up uh, the church itself. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, let's go to Matthew 28 is our, is our key scripture. Well, I was close. I wanted to get that done in 15. But. This is where Jesus is just about done. He's leaving. He knows he's going to be, be leaving, so he gives out the Great Commission. And this is Matthew 28, 19. So if you're leaving on an extended leave, what would you tell the people that are staying behind and watching over your possessions, over your property, over your land? What would you tell them? Probably what you would consider something that was pretty important. And I think that's what Jesus did here. He, he said, I'm, I'm leaving. Um, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. He's with you even when you've got to go into a, a public building and apologize and repent. So he goes with us wherever we go, whatever we do. Uh, you know, we talked about making disciples is not just getting people evangelized, but then also training them and teaching them the basics of the gospel so that they are steadfast and they can stand on those beliefs. And it, it, in this verse, it, there's twice it says, uh, refers to teaching. Once is make disciples, and the next time is in verse 20 is teaching them to observe all things. So it's important to, to God that people are taught that people understand what they believe, that people know uh, what Christianity is about. Uh, in our society, a lot of things that people believe aren't necessarily uh, grounded on the, on the Word. Andrew Womack talks about when he was early in his uh, ministry, just starting out, he was working part-time as a painter, of all things, uh, he was painting a lady's house, and apparently he was listening to some tapes, and, and they must have mentioned something about tongues, because this lady said, oh, you believe in tongues? And he goes, yes, I, I do, and, and, she, and he knew she went to church, um, and she said, well, our church doesn't believe in those. And he said, well, I can show you in the Bible, if you'd like, you know, where, where the scriptures are that, that talk about it. And, and she goes, no, that's okay. My, uh, our church believes a lot of things that, that aren't in the Bible. You know, they just, yeah, you know, just, what's your foundation? You know, is it, is it going to be the traditions of men, or is it going to be the gospel? We looked at Second Timothy 
uh, verse 4 about preaching the word and the word herald, uh, a public crier, uh, is a good example of that. This person is hired to repeat a message. It's not his own message. It is a message that's given to him. And he it's his duty to boldly uh, proclaim that in the market square. So as disciples, we don't have the right to pick and choose what we want to believe. We have to believe what the Word of God tells us is the truth. Uh, God's Word is enough. It can change men's hearts. We don't have to add to it. We don't have to sugarcoat it. We can just present it, and it will do, it, do its work. Uh, we talked about in, in 2 Timothy 4, it says to be instant in season and out of season. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have the answer for everybody all the time, but you should be able to give them a reasonable explanation of what you believe and why you believe that. So that's a great area of... Uh, apologetics. Uh, there's lots of uh, great teachers. You can find them on the internet in bookstores that will discuss, uh, you know, the creation versus evolution. Um, you know, there's lots of subjects that they'll talk about. Is there a God? There's, there's lots of things that you can, you know, read and, and have a general knowledge of so that you can give people a, an answer of what, why you believe. So, and we need to proclaim it when we feel like it and we don't. And we talked about opportunities missed. Sometimes you may not cross paths with that person ever again in your lifetime. And you're thinking, oh, I'll do it next time. I'll do it next time. Well, next time may or may not come. So uh, we talked about the Word of God is like a seed. If it's never sown, it'll never grow. I think we've got some seeds at our house that have been around for years. Uh, I think they're watermelons. Anyhow, we're still waiting for a place to plant them. You know, <laughs> when we go to plant them, I'm not sure that they'll be good. But uh, anyhow, if they're, they're, I'm not worried about them growing in the in the, the container that they're in. They, no soil, no water, no sun. They're not going to grow. They'll just they'll just stay there. So we talked about um, we should faithfully sow the seed and give others the opportunity to either accept or reject God's word. Don't make that decision for people. Um, let them know that God loves them and cares about them. And if they can't receive that, uh, hopefully you've planted a seed that at some time they will. We talked about reproving, rebuking, and exhorting. Um, there's sometimes that you're going to be called upon that somebody is in error, and um, they do need to to have the word of God shared with them that will correct them. But we have to do it in love, and we have to do it with a heart of faith, believing that that the word will work uh, in their lives. Second uh, Timothy four three talks about a time to come uh, that. Uh, that uh, people will no longer listen to sound doctrine. And that could be, we, we said it could be a generation of, of people, a certain age, uh, or it could be just in a, a time in a person's life, that window of opportunity. So take advantage of it while it's there. Um, the Word of God is, is uncorruptible. It stands on its own. Um, people... D People won't like to listen to the truth, but will go around looking for teachers who tell them just what they want to hear. And that's so true today. If you want to you wanna believe something, somebody has a, a reason you should. Uh, you can find all kinds of interesting and odd things on the Internet. 
you know, books that'll tell you that that you're okay, that you don't need a, uh, you know, you don't need a savior. Keeping a pure heart before God is the only safeguard against itching ears. So be careful if you're always listening to the same thing over, um, you know, that, that you need to get things into you. But if you if you don't have a full balanced diet, um, you can go off. It's interesting to me that. Uh, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditches, you know, one on both sides. And, it's, and anytime you're pursuing the truth, it's easy to get off on one side or the other. But you know, get, that's why they put a steering wheel in the car, pull it back over, get back on the, on the, the main track. You'll know most highways and roads now have those rumbler, rumblers on the side. And if you go past the rumblers, usually the ditch is you know, pretty rough. And if you keep going, you'll probably hit something. So don't do that. Uh, pull it back on, get back in the truth. Uh, we talked about the desire of people to like new and uh, improve things and how 2020 went in and purchased products and came to find out that a majority of them, the ingredients had not been changed, only the packaging or something uh, in that way to, a more, to appeal to more people. And Dad Hagen said there's not uh, new things you know, new doctrines coming out, they're usually doctrines that are just being repeated over and over again. They've been around before, um, and they'll, they'll come around again if time continues. I told you about my experience with uh, uh, listening to, um, you know, tapes over and over and over again uh, on speaking on tongues because I had to get that tradition out of me. I uh, failed to mention I also had about nine verses uh, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues that I read every morning and read every evening. So, you know, not only listening to tapes but getting the, the word in. Uh, be watchful, keep an eye out. And then it says to do the work of an evangelist. You don't have to be an evangelist to, to tell people what God's done in your life. In fact, one of the strongest testimonies to a, a person is what God's accomplished in your life, what God's been able to do with you. And then we talked about uh, true aim of discipleship is not merely the transmission of information, but the transformation of character. The word of, uh, that's a quote from Tony Cook. Um, the word of God should be changing you. It may not be instantaneously. Uh, I know when I uh, stopped uh, using drugs and, and started following after Christianity, uh, my vocabulary changed. And I didn't even notice it, but after about six, eight weeks, I had some of my, my new Christian friends come to me and, and said, you know, have you have you noticed? And I'm like, no, it, I guess it went away so subtly. Um, but I had, it wasn't talking like a sailor anymore. So, uh, I don't know if that's a all sailors curse, but that's, uh, anyhow, uh, we, we should show the character of our, of our teacher, uh, the Lord. I was, uh, had the, had, had my three kids, talking and I was not in I, they didn't know I was in the room and I overheard their conversation and they and I don't remember what they were doing but they're saying well if, if dad was going to do it it would be really loud and stout you know <laughs> so and I said well they got that right those are two of my characteristics um, usually if I go to make something build something uh, I usually 
overkill it. My idea of a tack weld is about three inches and, and then miss an inch and then another three inches. And, and so anyhow, um, it's come back to bite me sometimes to make something so heavy I can't lift it anymore. So, <laughs> uh, And then loud has been, um, I guess I, I like realistic. And so if a train is going by in a movie, I want it to sound like a train is going by in the house. Uh, I had some friends over and we were watching a Star Trek movie and we had it turned up so high and subwoofers going, we rattled one of the, the display ships off the floor and la landed at Ron's feet and, and broke. So <laughs> but it was realistic, we had, we had fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. Uh, we looked at, at you know, um, Billy Graham's life, and we talked about, the, and, and I have the utmost respect for him. He, I think he was a, a wonderful man of God. But we looked at how we can reach more people uh, as an individual than he did in his lifetime if we'll just take one person and lead them to the Lord and discipline them and help them get established in the Word and then six months later do it over again. And if they would do the same, it just compounds itself. And in 30, um, I'm sorry, yeah, in 30 years, you'd have more than, I think it was 10 billion people was the, the paper that I was looking at. And right now we have 7 billion 859 million people on the earth. So we can affect our, our world. Don't let the devil tell you that you can't, um, you know, because you're not called to a pulpit ministry or because you're not doing certain things that you can't affect the world around you. You can if you'll just take uh, one person and lead them to the Lord every six months. You, it, would, it would multiply and we would have an effect on this earth. So what are we t what are we telling people? What are what are what are some of our core beliefs? Well, we looked at um, salvation. Why do why do people need to get saved? I mean, they're going to live forever, right? And the Bible talks about forever in hell or forever in heaven. So it's not the forever part. It's the what we call eternal life, and that's knowing God and having a relationship with Him. Um, it's not that we don't want to yell, hey, the bridge is out, the bridge is out. Some, I don't know if you ever looked at any of the headlight um, mathematics or not, but there is a, a speed that you can travel at night that your headlights can't uh, broadcast out ahead of you. And so you're basically driving on faith, believing there's nothing out there that you're going to hit, because if there is, you won't be able to stop in time. And therefore, they sell you a headlight that broadcasts out further. But... We need, we need to tell people, hey, you know, there is something going on in the, in, in the future. There is a, this is a spiritual truth. You will live forever, but either with or with, without God. But sometimes people are so wrapped up in their problems that they're not thinking about what's going to happen when I die. They're not thinking about 20 years from now, 30 years from now. They're thinking about how to get through the day, how to make it. And so we want to look at um, some of the, the scriptures in this, in salvation, um, establishing a relationship with God. First of all, God took away the, the sins, and we see that in John 3.16. Um, Jesus removed the sin penalty. That was 
why we can't, couldn't have a relationship with God is because of sin. And so God took care of that through his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that those who ever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we need to, to let people know that there's more than just uh, the length of time but the quality of time. I had a, a chef I, found, I had a customer come in from Red Lodge, and I found out he was a chef, and he was looking at a gas range, and he's kind of looking at something kind of basic. We had a $10,000 range over there, that 48 inches grill, four burners, two ovens. I mean, you know, so I was trying to get him to come over here and look at this, and he's like, well, this, you know, I, I have a restaurant in... Um, in Red Lodge. I said, oh, great, a chef. He'll, if anybody could appreciate this $10,000 stove, it's him, right? And he's like, well, if I ever feel like cooking for myself, I can go to the restaurant, and I can make a big mess, and I've got people that come in and clean up after me. I'm like, hmm, still is looking at this kind of basic. I haven't caught it yet. And, and, and he, he said, well, I'm looking for something for my girlfriend to use at the house that we're living in. If I feel like cooking, I'll use the restaurant stove. So I was trying to sell him on something he didn't need or didn't want. And that's sometimes how we are with, with salvation. We're telling him, you know, you're going to live forever. You're going to go to heaven. And it's all good. It's, you know, it's, it's wonderful. But they're over here thinking, you know, how am I going to make it through, you know, this depression? How am I going to get over my alcoholism? How am I going to get over my drug addiction? You know, they're looking for something. They're, they're medicating themselves because they're hurting. And we're trying to give them the long, the best, you know, the best thing there is. Wonderful. Great. Good thing is they're both together. You can have a, have a relationship with Jesus Christ now and know him as personal Lord and Savior and still have the live forever in heaven with him. Uh, eternal life is not only the length of time, but the quality and quantity of time. Let's look at 1 Peter 2.9. You should have come across this on your reading, this if you're reading with, through the Bible. But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. We've been called out of the darkness into the kingdom of God, and the kingdom includes so many benefits, uh, benefits that apply today. Healing, uh, you know, soundness of mind, uh, confidence, knowledge that, that we are loved, and he comes and dwells inside of us. And we are chosen. God chose uh, to allow all who, who will come to him, come on. It's an open, uh, you know, the, the, the parable that Jesus talked about, the, the man who's having a feast, and he invites 
um, his friends and they give lame excuses why they can't come. Got to go look at some property, got to test out some oxen, whatever. And he goes down the line and he, he says, well, if, they, if they're not going to come, go out and invite the, the townspeople. So the townspeople come and the report comes back to him. There's still food and, and room for more. And he goes, well, not only go to the townspeople, but now go to the, the byways and the highways and, the, and find the, the outcasts and the strangers and, and the ones who have nothing and invite them and bring them in. And the constant concept is that, you know, that God's love is for all and to all who would accept it and come. So don't, again, like we talked about, don't pick and choose who you present it to uh, if you feel God telling you that this is the time to, to plant a seed or to speak with someone because all are accepted in the kingdom of God if they accept Jesus. It's not by their works. It's not by my works, our works, it's, it's by the grace and by what God has done for us. Let's look at 1 John On the other hand, I am writing you a new commandment to you, which is true to him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The true light is shining in our hearts. Um, God's love is available to all. And then 2 Corinthians six sixteen. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. It sounds like he's spending time with us, doesn't it? That's, isn't that what dwell means? If you have a dwelling, you dwell in the dwelling whether that dwelling is a, an apartment that you've rented or a house you've rented or a house that you've bought. It is a dwelling place, and that's where you routinely go to you know, spend the time when you're not working, when you're not out doing other things. You go back. You dwell in there. And God has said that, that we are the temple of the living God and that he will dwell with us and in us. And that's the good news. That's the news that we need to, to get out uh, to the uh, hurt and dying world is let them know that, yes, you're going to live forever and you want to live with God forever, but right now you can have peace, you can have love, you can have all those, you know, you can have, know the goodness of God. Um, this, what scripture is it that talks about... Aha, here it is. Psalms 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. If I hadn't have believed, I wouldn't have had these benefits, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Today, we can see the goodness of God. We can have God in us and working through us 
when we have hard things to do and when we're enjoying life. He'll be with us. He loves us. He cares for us. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your, this opportunity again to share and to speak your goodness. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.